0: Welcome to Long Hill Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast where you can listen to our latest sermons filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So whether you're in the car, on the couch, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. Well, hello and welcome again. Thanks for being with us on this holiday weekend at Long Hill Chapel Online. My name is Michael. Uh, I am the lead pastor here at Long Hill, and today we kick off a brand new series for the summer that's called the power of belief. If you know me for any length of time, and especially if you drive with me in the car, you discover very quickly that I am one of the most directionally challenged people you will ever meet. I get lost in buildings, I get lost in towns, I get lost on roads I've been on a million times, I get lost in parking lots. I am thankfully married to someone, my wife, Grace, who is wonderfully directionally astute. She always knows where she's going, but I am definitely not that person. And so from the very beginning, when I started driving, which was back, and I'm going to date myself here for some of you are going to say, how in the world are you that old? I I started out with paper maps. Does anyone remember when you kept a paper map in your car? I remember when I started driving, I had a road atlas, and that was the only way I had any hope of figuring out where I was going to go. And so that map was very important to me. It was absolutely critical, and without it, there was a good chance I would get lost. And then the internet happened, and some of you remember the beginning of those days. Back in the 1990s, there was this thing called MapQuest, and you could put your destination in and actually print out a series of directions. You'd have like six sheets of paper, and you'd be like trying to figure out where you were on the list and trying to make the next turn, and it would tell you to make a slight right, and you're like, is this the slight right, or is that the slight right? And you just, you did your best with it, But then came this miraculous thing Called GPS, And back in the beginning, a GPS was something that you would buy and you'd stick it to your windshield. And some of you who are a little bit younger have no idea what I'm talking about. And then they were built into cars. I remember my first car with one. And this was a lifesaver to me. Whatever that voice was, I followed everything the voice said. When it said turn, I would turn. When it said go straight or go through the next light, I would do that. And then it got even better because it became available on what most of us have now, our smartphones. But here's the thing with GPS. When you look at it, it just looks like this magic box that tells you where to go or an app you open up and it just miraculously has all the answers. But what GPS is actually doing is it's actually referencing a whole bunch of things that you can't see. It's homing in, it's tuning into radio signals that are broadcast by satellites that are hundreds of miles in space, in orbit. And there's actually a whole constellation of these satellites that are at different positions rotating around the Earth. And the way the GPS figures out where you are is by referencing several different of those satellites. It looks at one, then it looks at the other, and it looks at the next one, and and by figuring out where all of those locations are and where you are in relation to those satellites so many miles away, out in the cold vacuum of space, it's able to figure out where you're located. So the magic, the, the, the power of this is not actually in your smartphone. It's not actually in the thing in the dashboard of your car. It's actually that thing's ability to reference these other sources of information. And that's what makes GPS useful and it makes it powerful. It is constantly looking at things whose location is known to figure out where it is and by extension where you are. But there's this thing that happens sometimes, and especially happened back in the beginning. If you'd be like in a parking garage or you'd be in a building with your car where it was parked and it couldn't see the sky and you turned on your GPS, it would say acquiring satellites. It would be looking for those satellite locations. And it was trying to figure out where it was. And if it couldn't figure out where it was, if it couldn't see the satellites, it had no way of knowing where you were. And sometimes... And this still happens. This just happened to me this past week. I was driving to New York City, and I was trying to make a turn. I was trying to figure out how to get into the Lincoln Tunnel, and there's like eight different ways to get into the Lincoln Tunnel. And my GPS, for some reason, I was driving under a bridge and it it kind of lost track of where it was for just a moment. And I made the wrong turn, and I went in the wrong direction. And so if your GPS can't find the right satellites, it's lost. It doesn't lead you anywhere, or it leads you somewhere you didn't want to go. And so today we start a new series called The Power of Belief. And we're going to discover that the things we believe are a lot like the satellites. They're a lot like that constellation of satellites in the sky that helps us determine where we are. Because what's true with you and what's true with me is when we're left to our own devices, we think we're the ones who determine where we are, but we're actually located by these other things in our life. And we're going to discover that knowing what those are and knowing how they work and how they function and being certain of what is actually guiding us is the key to being led in the right direction. And the things we do in life, and this is where this gets really critically important, are guided and determined by what we believe. So what you believe is not just this abstract idea. It's not just this thing that's like, well, I believe this and that person believes that. How you live your life is actually guided and determined by the things that you believe. So what you believe or what you don't believe or the the clarity that you have around your belief system matters. It matters more than ever. And that sounds like something a preacher is supposed to say. But the reason it matters so much is because our lives Actually, the course of them, the way we spend our time and our days, the way we see people, the way we see our resources, even the way we see God is determined by what we believe. And the reverse is also true. What we do determines, it shows what we actually believe. And so we can say we believe anything, any number of things, But what we do is the thing that actually shows whether that's true or not. And you've had someone in your life who said something to you like, I'm trusting you, and you know in that moment that they're not trusting you. But just like that, our beliefs work the same way. Because belief in isolation is absolutely meaningless. Even the enemies of God, it says this in the scriptures, even Satan believes in God, even the demons believe in God. But what you do as a result of that information determines the direction your life goes. It determines the journey you get on. Just like the GPS, it determines where you turn and where you go straight. It determines where you end up. And that's the power of belief. And you and I can look to our history books. We can even look around the world in this present day. And we can see the product of what happens with good beliefs and what happens with beliefs that aren't Good. What happens when the wrong ones are acted upon? We look into our history and we see some of the great tragedies and atrocities that were guided by a faulty belief system. And so here's the thing belief always leads us somewhere, it's not neutral, it always takes us on some sort of journey. And the reason we're going to get into this this summer is because it's critically important that we know the journey that we're getting ourselves on. It's just like those satellites. You know, Jesus' early followers, they were faced with the dilemma of this kind of journey when they were following Jesus. And we discover it in the Scriptures because it was pretty easy. It was actually even fashionable to follow Jesus in the days where there were lots of miracles and people were being healed and people were being fed. Who wouldn't want to follow Jesus in those moments? But then Jesus began to lead them down a path that they did not expect. And what they started to believe was being put to the test by the journey that they're on. It seemed like a plot twist was beginning to come. Because as you read through the Gospel accounts, and really all a Gospel is, is the story of the life and the acts of Jesus, you discover that Jesus starts talking about the fact that he's going somewhere, that he's going to die, that he's going to be crucified. And that was not something that they expected at all. And so today we're going to pick up our story as we kick off this brand new series about what we believe and why it matters. With the original journey that Jesus led his disciples on, and it's in the Gospel of John in chapter 14 and verse one through 10. And what's happening here is the disciples are starting to be troubled. They're starting to realize that this path is not going to lead them to glory. It's not going to lead them to fame. It's not going to lead them to Jesus being in this earthly position of power Well, they'll all get to kind of ride on the gravy train of what that meant. Instead, Jesus is going on a different path and it's causing them to be distressed. And so Jesus speaks into that moment in chapter 14 and verse one. And he says this He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And so we discover the first critical idea about what we believe in this simple sentence. And it's this, what you actually believe becomes especially critical in times of uncertainty because it's like your GPS. What you actually believe, what you build your life on, the things that guide you from turn to turn, from twist to twist, from waypoint to waypoint, from stop sign to go to red light to green light become especially important when the journey becomes uncertain, just like these early followers of Jesus. And Jesus reminds them, he says, you believe in God, so you have the ability for your hearts to not be troubled, but now also believe in me as I lead you on this journey. He's saying that what you actually believe is like your GPS. And just like when you're in a place where you don't know where you're going, you rely on that more than ever. The things you actually believe, the things that support your life, that hold it up are especially critical in times of uncertainty. And there's no time like the present and like the past year that we have felt uncertainty and we've felt it acutely and we've seen it economically and relationally and socially. We've seen it in every sort of respect in our lives and in our world. And so in these moments, what we build our lives on, what guides us, the satellites that we're referencing matter more than ever. And the thing that's honest about uncertainty is that it was always there. Nothing in life is certain. But in these moments, we feel it more now than we ever have before. Jesus goes on. He says, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And so what he's saying is he's saying there's a destination. Even though the journey's going to get kind of, it's going to get a little bit crazy and a little bit difficult and hard to follow at times and uncertain, there's a destination that's certain at the end. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas, and Thomas was that disciple who always asked the question maybe some others were thinking. He says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? You know, I love Thomas' honesty in here because for so many of us it's like, we have decided to follow Jesus, and we're not sure where that path is. Is taking us. You know, it's easy for us church types to kind of polish things up a little bit. But one of the things that was true about Jesus is he said these things that were hard to understand. They were cryptic, they were confusing. And so Thomas kind of just speaks that out into the open. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the journey you're going on. We don't know the path that you're leading us on. Is this a physical journey? What exactly is going on here? But what he's really saying here is what all of them had felt because they had all picked up their previous lives and left them and followed Jesus. And he's saying, we've staked our lives. We've staked our future. We've staked it all on you. Where are you taking us? And more importantly, can you get us there? Are we believing in the right one and believing in the right things, especially when uncertainty is looming? Jesus answers their question, verse 6. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So what Jesus is doing here is he is literally claiming to be God, which was a huge claim. But this is one of those answers that when he gave it, we, if you're a Christian, you've heard these verses before. We like the sound of these verses, most of us. But it was one of those answers that in the moment didn't seem very satisfying. What Jesus is saying is he's saying, I'm the way. So that place I told you about before, that I'm going to prepare in my Father's house, in God's house, I'm how you get there. You know, and if you've ever heard this set of verses spoken on before, or someone shared it, it's almost always presented about, this is how you get to heaven. If you want to get to heaven, you need to follow Jesus. And that's true, but that's not all he says. He says, I'm the way, but he also says, I am the truth, and I am the life. Huh? How can a person be a direction, but also be truth, and be a way to live? Because those are things. Think about what truth is for a second. Truth is the structure we build our lives on. Life is how we operate within that structure of truth. So truth are the things. They're like the satellites. They're like the waypoints. They're the things that frame out our life. Like here's an easy example for you. The law of gravity is a truth. You cannot argue with the law of gravity. And if you want to live, you will respect the law of of gravity. When I was a little kid, I loved to climb up like ladders, and my son does a little bit of that as well, and it's absolutely terrifying because the law of gravity cannot be argued with. And so life is how we operate within the structure of those things. You know, if you're inside a building and you're watching, you're listening to this, or you're inside a car, there's a structure around you that defines that space, and everything you do within it is how you live. It's how you live in your house. It's how you live in a church building. It's how you live inside a car. And this is true in our lives too because we actually live on a set of things based on a set of things that we believe are true. And some of these are conscious beliefs. They're things we've actually brought to the surface and we've identified, but there's some unconscious things as well. There's a belief system that we all operate on. You know, and there's some folks, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't don't follow the Christian faith, but they have their own belief system. And some of those are things they've experienced and seen, and they put their hands on, and they've touched, and they've tasted, and they've held. But some of those things are articles of faith. They're things that they're hoping, that they're trusting in, just like those of us who follow Jesus. It's true in the physical world. It's true about morality and laws. You know, you have a set of unspoken rules in your life about how you think you should live and about how you think other people should live. And when those things aren't articulated, that's where we run into problems sometimes in our relationships. You have a default understanding of what you think about people, whether they're good, whether they're generally trustworthy or not. And you even have this when it comes to God. And what I've discovered, and I've discovered this in my life, and maybe you've discovered this in your life as well, When you hit a wall in your life, it's because that truth has run out. When you hit a wall in your life, it's because the thing that you've built your life on, that you've operated some portion of your life on, has stopped working. Now, here's what's the challenge with this whole thing. Because there's some things that we think are true that actually aren't. We would call those assumptions. But there's also some things that are true that we avoid as much and as long as we possibly can. If you want to know a small, funny example of that, think about how much you avoid stepping on the scale after you've gone through the Christmas season. It's something you have to kind of, you know, you have to draw on your breath and you have to prepare yourself for and you have to face it. So there's all things that are true that we avoid. And most of us spend an incredible amount of energy navigating around this framework of beliefs and things that we think are true and that we operate our lives, we live within the structure of. But what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, I am two things. I'm not only the way, I'm not only the path, actually three things, I'm not only the path, I'm the truth you build your life on, and I'm the power by which you live that life. Not those other things. So I'm not only the journey, but I'm also the structure. I'm the thing, the vehicle that you operate on, but I'm also the power with which you live into that reality. So where is this going? Because this seems awfully heady and kind of abstract. Here's what it is. What happens for so many of us in our lives is we decide what we want to be true, and then we work to square everything else up with it. Psychologists actually study this. This is one of the just the foibles of humanity, of our human nature, is we emotionally make a decision about what's supposed to be true or what we think is true or what we want to be true or what we wish was true or what we suspect is true, and then we square everything else up in our lives with it. We're incredible salespeople. For ourselves. I remember there was this one time I was in college, and I had the opportunity to buy this car. And I didn't need a new car, but I really wanted it. And so what I did is I sold myself on all the reasons why I needed it. It was more reliable, it was newer, it had less miles. That wasn't the real reason. The real reason was I wanted the car. And so what we do with our lives is we latch on to something, and then we build a structure around it that says, this is why we did this. This is why we went in that direction. And we do the same thing when it comes to God. We do the same thing when it comes to Jesus. We want, by default, by our nature, and this isn't just you or me, this is just how we're wired by default. We decide what we want to be true, and then we work really hard to square Jesus up with it. You know, Jesus, he's self-improvement. He makes me happier, more at peace. He makes me a better husband, wife, and parent. And some of those things are really good things. But sometimes we say, you know, I want to believe this about politics, so I'm going to figure out how to square Jesus up with that. You know, I have a station I've achieved in life economically or socially, so I'm going to figure out how to square Jesus up with that. And that's why Jesus likes the same things you like. That's why Jesus agrees with the things so often, more often, for all of us that we think. That's why Jesus is against the same people you're against. And of course, I'm being facetious, I'm joking here. But that's how we operate by default. And we sell ourselves on this reality constantly. But here's the problem. Jesus doesn't give us that option. He doesn't allow us to operate in that way. He says, I am the way. There's not a way that you get on that I kind of walk on you with as your buddy. I am the way, but I'm also the truth. I'm the structure that you build your life on. I'm that constellation of satellites that's in the sky, and I'm the power, I'm the life. I'm the way that you exist and you operate within that. But then he says something else. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to God except through me. There's no other way of living that gets you to God except through Jesus. No other truth, no other possibility. We can't take our own system with us, throw a little Jesus on top and have it get us to God. And so that's the first thing that happens so often with us. But there's this other thing, and this is why this series is so critically important for us this summer. In the absence of really knowing and understanding what we believe and why we believe it, other things shape us instead. The world around us shapes us. Here's how you know this. You know what's in style now. You know what's funny? Like skinny jeans were in style for a long time, and now they're going out, and it's like the jeans I wore in the 80s are coming back. But who decided that we all like that stuff? Who decided what colors, what styles, how our houses and our furniture and our clothes, what the aesthetics that we appreciate, who decided that for us? What we discover is there's these forces around us that shape us. And as much as we would love to think that we're our own men and our own women and our own children, we're our own boss, and we decide what we believe and we decide what we like and we decide what we don't, we discover that very often those things shape us instead. Sometimes our sense of need, our sense of want, Our circumstances shape us. And so we say we believe certain things, but there's this gap that begins to open up in our lives between what we actually value and what we say we believe. And the only time that comes out and is evident is in moments, like we talked about before, of uncertainty. And so what you believe matters so much because it always leads you somewhere. It always leads you somewhere. There is no neutral system of beliefs. The things you actually believe, and what I mean by that, is the things that you're building your life on and how you're operating within that structure that you've built, that truth and that life, it always takes you somewhere. And if you don't know what those things are or why, if you don't bring them out on the surface, it may take you somewhere that you didn't expect. It may land you in a place that you never would have anticipated. And because these things, just like the satellites, when we think about them, we know that we're there, but when we're interacting with our smartphone or the GPS in our car, we're not thinking much about the fact that it's there. They're not immediately in view, but they're absolutely critical. To what we understand is true and why. And the passage that we've been reading in John chapter 14, it closes with this simple sentence. It's one of the other disciples, Philip, and he says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Remember what Thomas, that other disciple, was doing earlier. He was saying, what is the road that we are going on? What is the physical path? Philip does something else here. Thomas was looking for that literal journey, but Philip is looking for a sign. He's looking for a miracle. He's looking for a manifestation. He's looking for some big splash. And instead, we see something different of what it means to believe. You know, because we all love, I don't know if you've ever traveled at night and you come up on a city and you can see the lights before you can see the city. You know it's there because you can see the glow that it casts on the horizon. If you're a Jesus follower, we know that that hope of being reunited with Jesus at the end is like that city. It's like that thing that's in the distance. It's like that big spectacle that we look forward to. But in the meantime, there's this journey called faith, belief. And it's like a path. We see the end like Philip did, but there's also the path like Thomas was looking for. And there's twists, and there's turns, and there's dead ends. And while there are moments to our lives, and even our spiritual lives, our journey with Jesus, that are like an adventure, they're like that unforgettable experience, they're like that big spectacle like Philip is talking about. So much more of it is like those satellites. It's unseen, it's out there, but it's absolutely and critically important in guiding us. It's shaping our paths. And just like Jesus says, when he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, And I'm the life. He is enough to get us safely home. And so over the next weeks, throughout the summer, we hope you'll stick with us. We know there's a lot of vacations and opportunities, and we're thankful this year for the opportunity to catch up on some things we weren't able to do last year. But we hope you'll stay connected to us, whether it's in person uh, here at our physical campus on 525 Shunpike Road in Chatham, or always online. We'll be here every single week. We hope you'll journey with us as we explore what it means to believe and what are some of the things that define us. What are some of the beliefs that define us as followers of Jesus? As we get to know the power of belief, would you pray with me? God, I'm excited about this journey with my friends in person here and online. We pray your spirit would be the one that guides us, that you would show us your truth, that you'd show us yourself, that you remind us of the singular fact, that you're the way, you're the journey that we're on, but you're the truth, you're the thing that shapes and frames our lives, and you're the life, you're the power that allows us to live each day. We receive that. We hope as we dig deep, as we discover where the satellites of our understanding of you, of our system of belief are. That it would challenge us, it would anchor us, it would steady us, it would guide us straight and true. We thank you for this time. We look forward to all you're going to do, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name.